and welcome to another Grip Berkman Coaches Cafe, sharing insights and tips on the journey of moving from I to we. I'm joined by Dr. Paul Ford, author and pioneer of Grip Berkman and Moving from I to We. Paul, as the pioneer who helped to get Grip Berkman started, what we know as Grip Berkman, uh, I'm going to enjoy this conversation that you and I are going to have just talking through some of our origins, some of the origins of not just the assessments, but um, the, the whole process and, and also what we know as a community of coaches who have been drawn together all over the world now uh, using some of the materials that you have written or that you have helped to assemble. Uh, and so it's just a privilege to be able to visit with you in this uh, fireside chat as we take a walk down uh, the memory lane of our legacy. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Paul, for this privilege. I'd just like to uh, get started just, just talking about the origins of what was known um, by us originally as your leadership grip. We call it just grip now, but uh, help us to understand a little bit about the origins, about where that whole concept started, how it began. Where did it come from? Uh, grip, um, I guess, in, 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 in the, the process of understanding, initially understanding spiritual gifts, even before grip, there were really three or four key things that kind of set the foundation for moving forward uh, to figure out what eventually became Grip Berkman. Um, and uh, the first was that I'm a preacher's kid of a preacher's kid. <laughs> uh, uh, my joke is that I know a lot about guilt in the local church. <laughs> um, mm. I, I, but I, I watched my father uh, struggle trying to be all things to all people. He was very much a product of his generation. And the pastor did pretty much everything, taught and counseled and, and uh, watched my father become a diabetic with a heart condition, trying to be all things to all people. And that deeply affected me. That In my heart of hearts, before I understood anything about gifts, my spirit said, there's something wrong with this. And uh, no comprehension of gifting or anything yet. But that that was the foundation piece that kind of underrides everything, wanting to free, initially wanting to free pastors to find freedom in Christ rather than having to to die trying to do a bunch of things they weren't designed to do. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, I uh, did a pastoral internship in, in North Dakota. I have North Dakota roots that I'm very proud of. And it, uh, one of the churches that I served was a country church that had, that had a hard time keeping a regular pastor. And so they decided together that every person in the fellowship, adults down to teenagers, would, would take defined roles and play parts because they couldn't depend upon a pastor or a leader type person to come in and help direct. And so everybody played a part and the trust relationships caused that church to have a synergy, honestly, about 35 adult members like I have not experienced since. And I said, there's something going on here that's capturing God's heart. And so again, I didn't understand except when everybody played a part not because they had to, but because they wanted to make things work. That, that was number two. Number three, I went to Fuller Seminary and was deeply influenced by C. Peter Wagner, who was just beginning to popularize the whole mobilizing spiritual gifts concept. In fact, I went to Peter toward the end of my seminary days and said, would you mind if I took what you began and took it to the next generation into local church ministry? And he said, uh, I would love, I would love it if you did that. And so, um, that was, um, the third piece. And then in local church, where things really were exploded, I mean, is really what it did. We just, I said, let's try this. <laughs> let's try a gifts mobilizing process. Let's see what happens 
if you try to release people to use their gifts. And we developed a set of tools that were the forerunner to what is now GRIP. And um, we walked a church of about, a, about 900 to 1,000 actives. We saw God move 600 people into new or different ministries according to their gifting or ministry passion, what we're now moving to calling toward calling or direction. And so those are really four foundational pieces that set me off and saying, there's something profoundly important here. And I'll certainly mention more as we go along and get into Dr. Berkman and other things when the Berkman method comes along. But those are probably the foundational pieces that caused me to say, this, this is what I need to be about. And this, Lord, I, I really want to, I really want to see if body life works. So as you were, as you were seeing, going back to that small church in North Dakota with 35 members, you said? Yeah. Yeah. It was out, out in the middle of a prairie with uh, wheat fields all around. It was really fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and deciding that they decided themselves that every member ought to be uh, mobilized, ought to have a task in the church. Yeah, it was amazing. I, truthfully, I honestly, I've never seen anything like it. And, and what they did and what I now understood was happening there. Ownership was created. Everybody wanted to play a part so that everything got done. And what I've discovered is that when you approach everything from a gifting standpoint, motive, uh, I've been told that mobiliz- motivation is the problem for the average Christian to, to, to play parts in the body. Uh, motivation is not a problem. Once you help people understand how they're gifted, that intrinsic supernatural power motivation takes care of everything else. And, and that's before you get to this ministry burden or passion the what I call the supernatural who, what, or where that God also prepares me. Yeah. Now, I, I, I've got to ask this. Was it because it was a small church? Or could that be replicated in a, in a, in a megachurch today? Well, the, <laughs> the challenge is, the, this, this is my perception, Larry, after several times around the block now, I guess. Um, uh, the larger a church is, the more money they have and the more they throw money at, at, at function. <laughs> and, and it's hard. Once you have professionals, educated professionals leading ministry, the average lay Christian uh, significantly disqualifies themselves. And, and so there are two problems. First of all, you have lay persons who say, I haven't been trained, which you know as well as I do. You've heard, heard that a thousand times. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is then you have leaders who are actually trying to portray gifts that they don't have because they're filling a job description. And so you've got two dynamic liabilities going on here, neither of which frees the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. You have leaders overplaying their parts, probably because that's the way they were trained and because that's what they're paid to do. And then you have lay persons who have tended to not see themselves as validated ministers. And and you know me well enough to know, and I've been in enough rooms with me that a, a key part of my inspirational calling is to free people to say, there's nobody else. I said it this last weekend uh, uh, in, a, in a ministry trip. Um, there's no God designed this so that there's nobody else that can play your part. Um, that is life changing for people and also life changing for leaders, the pastors, the church planners, missionaries you and I work with who suddenly begin to grasp that they weren't designed to be all things all people. They were actually designed with very specific gifts, which frees them to their powerful strengths, but also gives them a chance to release their weaknesses to other that God's prepared in the body or on their team, depending upon the context. Well, with that, that other church that you talked about that, uh, 
after you had been in, in Peter Wagner's classes and his influence there at Fuller, and now as that church was exploding, tell me a little bit more about what went on there in that church. One of the key things there was the realization that people don't discover gifting through surveys. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest thing um, that, that people, and, and basically what we came to the realization, and now I've seen this hundreds of times over since, since then, um, that um, people need some type of coaching or advising or encouraging. They need a trained lay person alongside them. What, what we discovered was needed was lay persons who were trained to understand gifting and who had access to lay ministry job descriptions uh, of ministry opportunities in the role. In that setting, we had about 250 lay ministry job descriptions. We decided if we were going to ask people to play their parts, that we needed to provide them job descriptions. We needed to be serious. We needed to tell them what gifts were needed. We needed to tell them what the job entailed. We needed to tell them how many hours a week it would take since we were asking them to volunteer. And so we developed job descriptions. And then these trained lay persons were the ones who came alongside people who went through either a class or a small group, studied the gifts together, and then took an assessment set of, of five pieces, which um, we're actually coming back around to with GRIP and where it's headed right now. I'm, I'm excited to hear happening. Um, and, and then following up the class, in fact, you couldn't be in the class unless you committed to, to meet with a small, to meet with an, a, uh, an advisor or um, a coach. Um, that was part of the requirement. And also to consider ministry involvement. In other words, we're not offering this process, this class of this small group, so that you can understand your gift. We're offering you this process so you can understand how you fit, which Larry then moves into some the other key piece of what we're about. And that is, it began to address that you don't look like this. You're not an individual finding your individual gifts and your individual place. You're finding your gifts so that you can learn how you fit in the body. And you and I have been privileged to be a part of a process, even as people involved with the community of Grip Berkman, we've discovered our fit and the dynamic reality of how that's changed each one of us and deepened our commitments to one another. And so all those things were happening at this local church level. Put simply, provided a class in small group setting, depending upon what fit for people. They went through the process. They studied gifts. They took assessments. They met with, what at that time we called spiritual gift advisors, later called ministry mentors. And those, out of that interview process, they identified their... They were confirmed in their gifting. Nothing better in the world than to have time uh, with someone whose only motivation is to help you understand yourself, not wanting you to fit in their ministry, but a, a spiritual gift advisor who wants to help you understand your gifting and where you might fit. We gave people time to talk about who they are, what gifts were confirmed, what their what experiences and fruit showed the confirmation of those gifts, and then where did they want to fit? What what ministry burden or passion or direction or calling had God placed in their heart? And as I told you, um, it, it was unbelievable. By the, by the second class, in fact, after the first class, we were so moved by what happened. We did. I said, let's do this in the summer at five o'clock on Sunday afternoon when nobody will show up. And let's just test God. I don't think I was in the business of testing God much in those days, but I thought, let's try that. <laughs> We had 40 people show up at 5 o'clock for 10 successive weeks, a third of them from other churches. From the first class, word had already gotten out that we were a church that freed people to play their part. 
And, and it's funny now as I'm saying this to you because it started with lay mobilization. And as I began to discover that it was pastors and Christian leaders who were the ones blocking the door for the laity, it's so fun now, all these years later, Larry, as we've experienced together, to see all these leaders, pastors, church planners, key lay leaders, missionaries, realizing that that God has designed them much more specifically than they'd ever realized. In fact, one of my favorite things still to this day is to have somebody say to me, you know, where were you 20 years ago? You know, why was I not trained this in seminary? Or I'm so free now to be who I am in Christ. All those things that create life change and also build the body. Hey, I hope you'll join us for the next podcast in this series as Paul Ford shares more of the history and principles that make Grip Burtman and moving from I to we so important for building unity in the body of Christ so more people know Jesus. Bye-bye for now.